T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Rams and Bobby Wagner, the veteran linebacker who signed a five-year deal with the Rams last year. But remember, it was a five-year deal with a lot of stuff on the back end, not so much guaranteed. Now, he did have guaranteed money coming up in 2023, so that's why the sides had a conversation. And a lot of times we say the sides mutually agree to part ways. That was the case in this situation. Mike Garofolo, I'm Bobby Wagner, who is a free agent. Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe, Sabres win. Having a lot of fun with the Sabres this morning, and deadline is a week from today. So if you want to call us on the Sabres and chat about, you know, goalies, Chikrin, we've got an update from uh, the Pittsburgh media on Chikrin and how the Penguins do want him. So we'll get to that a little bit later this hour. For now, though, we're going to bring in Chris Trapasso on the uh, Western Hotline, talk a little well, NFL free agency and NFL draft as well. Chris, good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. It's going, it's going good, Chris. You know, we had, we had, we had a, uh, a Sabres win, so people are pretty happy about that. The we got, vibes are strong. We got a playoff race. You know, it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's fun. So, Chris is a uh, NFL draft analyst for CBS Sports, young player analyst as well. He's got the scouting grade book you can uh, pick up. You can find that uh, on his Twitter feed, and we'll get you a, a couple of spots to pick that up a little bit later in the segment as well. Chris, does Bobby Wagner? Uh, move a needle for you for the Bills? He does. I think uh, going into last season, I I was in, I think, kind of a a small group that thought he lost a step or two or maybe three, and he's really just a run defender, can't really do much in coverage anymore. But I was wrong. He he had a very strong season. I I know for Bills fans, probably the one image that they have of Bobby Wagner is Josh Allen stiff-arming him at about the five-yard line and diving into the end zone in that opening Uh, kickoff game last year but he had a very strong season with really only Aaron Donald in front of him not otherwise a great group up front for that defending Super Bowl champion Rams last season Uh, he still has good range he's a very good run defender he can still hold his own in coverage it just will depend on what deal he'll ultimately take and like all the reports are like kind of retroactively mentioning last year it was it was reported as a big deal but it was really a one-year, $10 million deal. I do think, and I think we would all agree on this, the Bills want Tremaine Edmonds back, but all it takes is one team like, say, the Chicago Bears to offer him an exorbitant contract where I think the Bills will obviously have some ceiling for what they will pay Tremaine Edmonds. And then at that point, as we're starting to see these um, free agents cycle in, these guys who are being cut, there'll be plenty of options for the Bills, not even just in the draft but with the likes of someone like Bobby Wagner to fill that 
role at the middle linebacker spot next to Matt Milano, even before free agency starts with other players likely being uh, cap casualties over the next couple weeks. You would not see them going in-house? Uh, or, or would you? I guess what would you think be the likeliest thing to happen? If Edmonds, if Edmonds gets to the open market and things, I can get Roquan Smith's contract. I mean, that's probably not happening yeah. here if he can. So then, right, we're talking about either Bobby Wagner's of the world or we're talking in-house. And shouldn't Terrell Bernard be the name that we discuss as to whether or not he's capable of stepping in? Well, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. It's logical, uh, but it kind of harkens back to the head-scratching element of that pick when it happened in the third round last year that at like six foot and 220 pounds, he really is a weak side linebacker who's going to clean up those plays, which certainly with all pro Matt Milano, the Bills don't necessarily have a glaring need. And it was obvious planning ahead for the future that they weren't going to have a glaring need at that specific position. I, I would be a little bit surprised if the Bills just say, we're going to move ahead with Bernard and Milano, because for as much as I'm a huge advocate for in today's NFL, obviously linebackers can be smaller. You want them to be able to cover. That's more important than anything to have two linebackers who probably aren't 230 pounds as your two main linebackers that are going to be on the field 90-plus percent of the snaps with how much the Bills play nickel, I think that would be a, it would be very surprising if that's what they went in to the 2023 season with. I think a Bobby Wagner type, we know Brandon Bean likes to you know add free agents, establish veterans, even guys who are a little bit older, he's willing to do that. I think that's much more likely. Yeah, Chris, anytime we have a conversation about – Edmonds leaving it feels like it turns to it's a very specific type of linebacker they would need a specific mm-hmm. skill set that could s- step into that spot for Edmonds and so you're saying you, you believe Wagner would fit the bill exactly maybe not on the level he's not going to get the kind of deal that Edmonds is and Edmonds is of course mm-hmm. much much younger but close enough yeah definitely and I think Bobby Wagner is your classic middle linebacker who you know, on a run play where there's a pulling guard, he's going to be the one that's taking on that lead block, and then Matt Milano comes in and cleans it up. And I think that's an area that Edmonds has gotten better in. I would say that's probably still his biggest weakness is getting off blocks and quickly diagnosing a play and understanding where he needs to go. I think Matt Milano, probably not in terms of straight line speed or explosiveness on Tremaine Edmonds' level, but he just plays a lot faster. I think with Bobby Wagner, you would get that player that, certainly understands every single type of blocking combination, route combination underneath in coverage. I think he would actually work well as just that classic middle linebacker next to Milano, who's your classic outside or weak side linebacker. Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline talking little bills now that we know that uh, Wagner's out there. How about a couple other guys that were cut loose? This is a little bit of a, not always a surprise free agency season, but Wagner's on the list. Robert Woods, Taylor Lewan. I mean, is any name that has hit the open market hit you as maybe a good idea for the Bills that could be a, a veteran ad? I think Robert Woods uh, would make a lot of sense because I don't think he's going to command a lot of money at all. I mean, he's, he's into his 30s now. And you have to also factor, like, if he was coming off a big season or if the Titans went deep into the playoffs, they were always just going to get more uh, money for those type of players. That didn't happen. And I think... He never was a, a, a high-caliber athlete, so he was always someone that could play later into his career and still be good. He wasn't someone that was only winning and, and that being contingent upon how explosive he was or how fast he was. 
In terms of running routes, we always hear about being a nuanced route runner or a sharp route runner. That's Robert Woods, and I think he could establish a nice connection with Josh Allen, you know, understanding when to sit down in zone or when it's man. Um, He's not going to command a lot of money. He's still pretty sure-handed. Not going to provide much after the catch, but if the Bills, you know, further down their roster wanted someone that said, okay, here is – we're going to raise the floor of our wide receiver room that at the very worst, Robert Woods is going to be our wide receiver three or four. I think that would make sense just from the player that they would get who's still very savvy and can still get open with his intricacies, and he's not going to cost a lot of money. Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Let's get to the draft a little bit, and Anthony Richardson's odds have skyrocketed. I don't know if you saw this, but it was like plus 10,000 a week ago and then plus – a. 2000 on Monday, and now he's at like plus 700, I think even higher than Will Levis to go first overall. So, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, I've seen how high you are on him. Um, how high, I guess, for our audience, are you on him and why? I really like him. I mean, he's still my number three quarterback behind CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, but he's right behind them. Like, they're two, three, and four in my big board right now, and I think most people have Anthony Richardson a little bit lower. I didn't. I hadn't seen those odds before Jeremy texted me yesterday about this. Um, but I, I have had Anthony Richardson as the number one overall pick in my last two mock drafts. That's not like inside info. I wasn't talking to Jim Ursay and saying the Colts are going to trade up. Obviously, it's just that going into the combine, I'm trying to project forward. What usually happens at the combine? There are whether it be a quarterback or edge rusher, wide receiver. There's always a few players that not necessarily come out of nowhere, but are entrenched first-round picks who become, hey, maybe they could be, you know, the number one overall selection. And I think the discrepancy between Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young in terms of their size and just their overall athletic profile, I think is going to be borderline staggering. We're going into the combine where most people are saying, it's Bryce Young, he's he's the shoe-in for the number one overall pick. If he's 5'10", 190 pounds, and probably doesn't work out at all. And then Anthony Richardson has like a Cam Newton-esque workout, which I think is distinctly possible. Then I think you will start to get a lot of those, hey, this guy should be the first overall pick because he has those high-caliber traits that every team is looking for in a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert, things like that. So I I really like him. I certainly think he's raw. He needs to get uh, better reading coverages, making decisions. But – I'm just of the belief that the combine usually pushes up a few players and Richardson, just from watching his film the last couple of seasons at Florida, I think he will be that guy at the quarterback spot. And we usually have, I mean, Trevon Walker last year, the number one overall pick, he was barely on the first round radar at this point in 2019. Kyler Murray was not the number one overall pick going into the combine. Even Josh Allen's year, it was either going to be Josh Allen or Sam Darnold at the number one overall selection. So things are very fluid and, we still are relatively early in the pre-draft process. Chris Trapasso. Chris, on quarterback, all right, you, you mentioned you think he's your number three, but you know teams like to go for traits. How much of that is Allen, right? I mean, he, he kind of changed the game this way. Mahomes, his, his ability to improvise. You know, the position has become overall not about one guy's really athletic, but it seems like if you don't have an athletic quarterback, somebody that can make plays off schedule, then you're kind of limiting yourself as an offense. Do you think that's changing the way all quarterback prospects are viewed and the, and the way that also coaching staffs start to bring them in to the league in these offenses? 
Yeah, that's a fantastic question, and and I think it has. I think Patrick Mahomes in 2017 and then Josh Allen in 2018 are the two guys who have, more than anyone else, changed how quarterbacks are valued and, and their skills. And I think more so than anything else, because you can never say, okay, this guy's going to be like Josh Allen once he gets in. He's going to work on his mechanics. He's going to really focus on improving his accuracy. I think more so than that, the Bills – and Brandon Bean picked Josh Allen with the faith in themselves. Like, okay, we have this guy that has sky-high tools, and we need to build a good team around him. And the first season, season and a half of Josh Allen was first not good, then got a little better, and then you had Cole Beasley and John Brown, and then certainly um, Stephon Diggs build up the offensive line, invest in the draft and in free agency, and then you got the 2020 season and where Josh Allen is today as a you know consensus top three quarterback. So I think – now, certainly all these GMs have confidence in their scouting abilities and, and their ability to build a team. They need to say, and I think they are saying way more than they ever have, I trust myself to build a good team around this quarterback. Do I want a quarterback who can surgically pick apart a defense and maybe doesn't have a big arm and can't really run around? Or do I want those added bonuses to the quarterback spot and then get him an elite receiver and a great offensive line. I think because of what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and maybe to a lesser degree, Justin Herbert, what he's done, teams are saying, if I miss on a quarterback, I want to miss on a guy that has Hall of Fame traits as opposed to someone that has a super high floor and can maybe get us to 11-6, and six, but then when he faces a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, it's going to be obvious that the, the skill level is not the same between those quarterbacks. When you do mock drafts at this point with these quarterbacks, how how much is who is picking at number one going to affect this, or is it too early? Like if it's Houston um, that moves up a spot, like do you feel like one of the guys makes more sense for Houston, or maybe I know Richardson and the Colts is one you guys have had. So like, does he make more sense for Indianapolis for a certain reason, or are we still in the phase of we're just mocking whoever we think the top guys are at number one? Well, I think now that we have all the head coaches, I think it, it it crystallizes things a little bit. And I think Shane Steichen, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, landing in Philadelphia, that's when I made that change. It, again, was not any inside info. It was pre-combine. But after watching the Super Bowl and the, the last two seasons of Jalen Hurts' development, another athletic, underdeveloped quarterback once he entered the league who's become – I don't know, a top 10 quarterback at this point, and, and certainly in Shane Steichen's offense, was able to really grow as a runner and a passer and used in the design run game. That's kind of what made me think Anthony Richardson seems to make a lot more sense than Bryce Young, who is not going to be a designed run game quarterback. Uh, I think with the Houston Texans and certainly a lot of their uh, front office comes from New England, would they be more, um, you know, advocates of someone that's more Tom Brady type that isn't going to move around a lot, but has the, the cerebral side down like a Bryce young. Um, so I, I think you can do that a little bit at this point, certainly at the combine though, where there's the entire NFL media there, you can maybe start to get some nuggets, but I think over the last week or so, which is when I changed Anthony Richardson to being the first pick it, because of the coaches you kind of understand what they've, uh, had at their disposal earlier in their careers and what they'll likely want to have now as head coaches. Waiting for the combine, like you said, to kind of sort some things out. 
you know, Bills fans should probably want as many quarterbacks to go in the first round as possible, right? They're not in the market for a quarterback, so more quarterbacks going early is good and pushes all the other talent down the board. Chris, where where are we getting to right now on how many wide receivers? Because I feel like that's going to be the the position we talk about the most, along with, you know, addressing the line, blah, blah, blah. Where are we on how many receivers are first-round grades or, or could be in the mix for a pick in the first round? Right now, it's four. Uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, Jordan Addison from USC, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and most likely Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, who's like a tall, like Will Fuller, just down the field guy. But like I said earlier, someone runs sub 4-4 at the combine with a 40-inch vertical, and then you'll hear, I'm going to go back and watch the tape. And I, oh, now he's a first-round pick, which – I think it's a little silly, but I, I do. I am a big believer in uh, how objective the combine is. That you can say, "Hey, this guy looks fast on film," but then he runs four six. Then you're like, "Well, he's not really that fast." I'm going to believe that more so than just my eyes watching the film. So right now it's four, but there could be other ones. Rasheed Rice um, from SMU. I love Parker Washington from Penn State. Uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. There'll be a few and. Again, it's impossible to, to tell who's going to have those big combine workouts now. But right at this point of this interview going into the combine, probably four receivers, if you pull the entire league, would be – these are probably going to be the first-round picks uh, in this draft. You feel – is it – it seems like a couple-year trend here where that sweet spot is round two. Yeah, definitely. And I think you'll see – you guys will probably have – a other draft analysts on that will say, oh, the real depth of this draft is round two, three, and four. That's what really happens every year. But at receiver, I think that's certainly the case. Um, it's been a trend really since that 2019 draft with A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, all going in the second round. Um, it, it's I don't know if like the league is just behind in terms of uh, valuing or, or not valuing the right skills at the receiver position, but the Bills certainly could go offensive linemen and then wide receiver in round two, get someone like Parker Washington, who's amazing after the catch. He's like a Debo Samuel or a DJ Moore is my comparison for him. That type of player in round two while addressing offensive line in round one. And I think that would be a good way to kind of start this draft. If And believe me, Jeremy, I'm, I'm on team wide receiver <laughs> in round one, just like you are, but I think going offensive line and receiver would certainly make sense as well. Yeah, I'm open to it in round two. I'm not going to get mad about that. One, one more thing for me, Chris. Um, I'm not sure if we've had you on about Bijan Robinson yet, and let's not even make it about the Bills per se. You know, for those of us that have no first round running back as a rule, you could say that for every possible team that could be have fans that would be listening. Is Bijan Robinson a rule breaker where you you might have to get rid of that rule for somebody this good? Um, I would say he almost is. And you're gonna see and hear a lot of Saquon Barkley comparisons, which I think are pretty apt. The only difference is, and maybe the combine will change this, Saquon Barkley at six foot and 230 pounds ran 4-4 flat. And you saw that speed on film at Penn State. I don't know if Robinson has that breakaway speed. So if, if you were trying to convince me, not that you'd do this, but if you were trying to convince me to pick a running back in the first round, I would want Saquon Barkley, B. John Robinson in terms of their size or elusiveness or contact balance. But you would have to convince me that these guys can hit 60 and 70 and maybe 80-yard touchdowns in the NFL. I have a very early second-round grade on B. John Robinson, which is about as high 
if I would ever grade a running back. I had Jonathan Taylor in that range a couple of years ago. But I still think for as much as teams say, and it's kind of out there now that they're not going to pick first-round running back, I do think he still will land somewhere in the first round because we've seen Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, other running backs go in the first round, even though we've kind of known this for the last five to ten years that you probably shouldn't pick a running back that early. So tell us about the scouting gradebook. People can pick it up if they're looking to uh, continue their draft prep. Yeah, if anyone, whether you're trying to watch 300 players like I do, which you're probably not, or you just want to look at the receivers and the offensive linemen for the Bills, scouting gradebook is just a way, it's a grading system that I created that is super easy to uh, fill in your grades. Everything's customizable. It comes preloaded with the entire draft class of 2023. And what's cool about it and what has helped me is as you're grading, the big board auto-populates on a different tab, so it builds itself. So you're not saying, oh, do I move B.J. Robinson ahead of this receiver? Uh, I don't know. You, you fill in the grades with whatever grading scale you want, and then you go to the big board page, and you'll see, oh, I have B.J. Robinson as my 39th overall player, something like that. It just streamlines the process and really organizes any size scouting process. If you're, again, 300 players, 100, just the first-round guys, so you can have on your own computer, you know, your own big board for what you think the entire league should do or maybe what the Bills should do in this draft. All right. Scoutinggradebook.com to uh, check that out if you want to jump on that. Uh, Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Chris, thanks again. I'm sure we'll talk down the line. And uh, enjoy the combine. Is he still there? Oh, okay. He's gone. Enjoy the combine. Um Watching NFL Network right now. They've got Bills Lions on from Thanksgiving. Bit of a surprise here that it's the number two game of the NFL season. Yes, after the so Super Bowl, they asked everybody to rank the top games of the season. Mm-hmm. Number one is the Super Bowl. Number uh-huh. two is Bills Lions. Not even Bills Vikings. Right, Bills Bills Lions. Lions. Not. Bill, I mean, it was a good game. Not Bills Chiefs. No, not Bills Dolphins. Either one of them. You would have put it fourth on Bills games. What do I remember from this game other than Von Miller getting hurt and the Allen pass to Diggs at the the uh, every play? I'm looking up like I have no idea what happens here. The uh, yeah, the Allen pass to Diggs at the end. I mean, it's an incredible game winning moment. Yeah, it's national TV. The Lions ended up becoming more of a story after this game. Right at the time, their record wasn't great. But they made a push. They were four and six. Yeah, going they, into this they game. lose this game. They go to four and seven, and then they rattle off a bunch of wins. Right, but at the time, it was like it was just a it was just kind of there, right? It was a good game, but number two in the league, not not Jacoby Myers throwing it back to Chandler Jones at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> right? I'm fine with it. Like, it's a good game. I'm glad to be watching it right now. But I would not have. I wouldn't even had it top two for the Bills this year. No, big surprise. Digs down on the field. It's funny. Don't remember that. This is so dumb. It's the offseason, Joe. I just watched this, and Diggs is on the field looking hurt, and I thought, oh, no, get up. <laughs> it's yeah. the offseason. Uh-huh. Yeah. He got hit pretty hard. Late. Anyway. Okay. When we get back, we've got news, some, out of Pittsburgh about Jacob Chikrin. They're after Chikrin. A number of teams, of course, are mm-hmm. chasing the Arizona defensemen, so... What the Pittsburgh GM coach, what they're saying about their pursuit of upgrading at the deadline, I want to get your reaction. You know, 
if Chickering gets traded, where he gets traded, to me, determines how we feel about it. So Pittsburgh, if they get that done, we'll get you that on the other side. Give us a call, 803-0550 to join us on WGR. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.